Hello, hello, welcome, and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. Today is Thursday, the 7th of January, so we're a week into 2021, and the FA Cup third round begins this weekend. We're going to be looking ahead to that action in what is the 140th edition of the tournament since it began back in 1871, and we'll also be reflecting on some of our standout moments from the FA Cup down the years. I say we, it's not the royal we, although we know that the FA Cup final is a game often attended by the royal family, Um, but instead I'm in the company of some old friends. And one of them, as usual, is my co-host, Joe. So, Joe, how are you doing today? Hi, Kai. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, Yeah, I won't dwell on it too much, but it's been an interesting start to the year for a number of um, reasons. But um, on a more positive note, for me anyway, Tottenham have made it to a final. And so that's fantastic. Um, But that was the League Cup. And today we're going to be talking all about the FA Cup. So given the phrase, the magic of the cup, is synonymous with the FA Cup, today's icebreaker is going to be all about magic. So I want to know either who your favourite magician is or if you have a favourite magic trick. And how about Billy? Let's start with you. What's your favourite? Hi, guys. Good to be back on the pod after a bit of a break. Um, I was once at a birthday party where the magician got someone to sign a £2 coin with a permanent pen. And then he waved his hands around and the £2 coin then disappeared. And then he asked the person who had signed the coin to take off their shoe. And then he clapped his hands again and asked the person to look inside their shoe. And the £2 coin that he had signed with the pen, the person whose shoe it was, the £2 coin was inside their shoe. And to this day, I still have absolutely no idea how it happened. I am very sceptical about a lot of things, but that is one that continues to blow my mind. It sounds like magic to me. (laughs) It was something. That does sound pretty magical. Um, Yoni, what about you? Favourite magic trick or maybe even a favourite magician? Um, I I don't really know enough magicians to have a favourite. I've also thought of magic tricks that I've seen. And probably like all of us, sort of 90% of my interaction with magic happened at children's birthday parties. Um, But one of those tricks that has stuck with me is the one where they put, I can't remember what, maybe like a rabbit or cut up bits of newspaper in a frying pan and then kind of set it alight, covered the pan open the pan and it's full of chocolate basically like Kit Kats, um, Twixes, Mars bars, all of that Um, and that seemed to happen at every sort of children's magic birthday party that I went to Uh, and just the result of that uh, is what stuck with me more than the trick itself but anything that can produce that amount of chocolate or sweets is a good magic magic trick in my book. (laughs) No it sounds like a great magic trick. I think I, I need one of those right, right now, even quite hungry. Need some chocolate in my life. But, Kaitel, have you got anything up your sleeve? Perhaps something that hasn't already been mentioned? Well, on something that has been mentioned, I don't think that, likewise, I've ever experienced the thing that Yanni's talking about. It sounds like a magician's version of like a piñata at a birthday party. But um, for me, I've had, you know, we've all had, yeah, the birthday party magicians. I've Luckily been to Vegas a couple times, seen Siegfried and Roy out here with the, the Tigers, the White Tigers scene, um, Penn and Teller out here. Um, so maybe those are some of my favorites. But in terms of basic tricks, 
the one where they throw the deck of cards at a window they probably ask you ahead of time like pick a card and then they're like all right this is your card and then they throw the deck at a window and your cards like somehow on the other side um i'm not sure if you guys have seen that but um quite a visually impressive one although i did watch a video on how it's done i won't reveal it but it's it's not magic surprisingly <laughs> um yeah what about you joe there's actually a fantastic video on youtube that combines magic ledley king and none other than John Walters. So, I mean, it's a fantastic video. And it, it, it's, I can't believe it exists. But uh, Which it, John Walters? Sorry, that has uh, to be cleared up. United Mates, as opposed to... Stone okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's um, it, it's worth watching. Um, I'm sure John, when he's next on, he can. I think he might have spoken about it before, but I'll, I'll say that's my favourite one, just because it sounds ludicrous, but it did actually happen. So that's great. Um, that's great on my books but um let's move on now with the show and um it's time actually for our first game of the new year and it's one of our favorites too it's pick that one out so essentially what's going to happen is i'm going to play three clips where i'm commentating on famous goals from fa cup matches of the past and obviously the guys will have to work out um which goals i'm describing and as it's the third round weekend, all of these goals are going to have taken place in third round matches. So I'm going to play the first clip now. Hopefully it plays. <laughs> There's just over 10 minutes to go in this clash as the ball is played into the centre of the pitch. The centre midfielder looks up. He looks for the through ball. It's past the defenders. The striker's got a chance here and he scored. The stadium is erupted. No one can believe that the man on his return has scored. I think I know that one. Ooh, interesting. I think I know it too. Um... Okay. Billy, oh, I, I've got it now as well. I, yeah, but 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 go on, Bill. I was is there. It, I, I was there. Is it Thierry Henry scoring against Leeds? It is. Yeah, despite my excitement, I've never <laughs> had to commentate on a Henry goal. It is um, Thierry Henry on his, I guess, his second debut for Arsenal. Yeah, versus... yeah. I was at that game. Yeah, the Henry one was pretty special. Uh, I think probably Alex Song. I think plays the the through ball. It's what quite a good through ball, yeah. I think that game might have been on a Friday night and it was really controversial because all the traditionalists were not happy with the FA Cup being played at eight o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, that might need to be checked, but I'm pretty sure. It was, and all of the case. religious Jews as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it was in North London after all. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess, um, all I can say is it was definitely a night game. But yeah, I, I, I can't <laughs> confirm if it was Friday night or not. But how yeah. about... Whether um, or not it was on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. we, we're not sure anyway, that is far too much Thierry on rechat for my liking so we'll move on now um, to the next clip here we go and the away side win the ball back deep on the right hand side of their own half now there's a bit of a struggle but the centre midfielder's got a hold of it he looks to play it long it's a gorgeous long ball and the striker's got it it's a bit of a weak touch but can he get a shot off yes he can he silences the home fans and are we about to witness a shock of epic proportions epic proportions right third round there okay 
Is it is it a championship club against a Premier League club? No, it was it was actually, and this might give it away, but it was a League One club against a Premier League club. Okay, I might. Mm, are 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 either okay. of those teams in those leagues anymore? One of them is still in the same league, another one isn't. Oh, I've got it. I think. Ooh, and he's on it again. Yeah, it was made famous, made famous. The scoreline and goal scorer made famous by a keen fan in the crowd before the game, I believe. Um, it, <laughs> That's thrown me off a bit, but I, I, I'm sure it was. Um, Billy, do you want to reveal who the person is, just in case we're not thinking the same one? <laughs> is it 1-0 Will Grigg, up the ticks? Oh, no, it's not. I love that kid. <laughs> I love that kid. No, no, this one... Um, this, Ooh. Uh, this one was... Um, we were. It was in our GCSE year at school. I know it. I think I know it. <laughs> um, is it Leeds United at Old Trafford? It might be, but who, who scored Yoni? Is the big Jermaine one? Beckford? Yes, Yoni. It is. Who's Jermaine. never played in the Championship? Which yeah, is that's true, isn't it? Actually, yeah. Yeah. About him. Oh wait. Oh, did did he for Preston? Maybe. Oh, who who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to believe that that's a, that yeah. that it's true that he never did because it seems yeah. so unlikely. Oh, yeah. Actually, maybe he got anyway. I, I won't go too down Jermaine Beckford, but of course, Stephen Allen Dan, who was recently on the um, the podcast po- podcast even as well, was at that game, and I remember him at school um, singing a song about the game. Um, yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a very poor first touch from Beckford, but a good finish. Um, but finally, anyway, I've got one more goal for you. Here we go. It's five minutes into the second half as the left winger bursts into the box. What can he do with the cross here? It's along the ground. Can the defender clear it? No! No, he can't! Because he's just back-heeled it into the back of the net. I don't think I've ever seen an own goal like that. That is bizarre! Um, I'm just going to throw a name out there, because he, <laughs> but I don't remember if this actually happened, but just Richard Dunn? It's a good guess, but no. It's, but you know what? It's kind of like the right kind of era to be thinking. Like, if you think Richard Dunn, Man City era, that's kind of where you need to be looking. Mm. As opposed yeah, to I, the I, Richard Dunn, Aston Villa era. Yeah, indeed. indeed. <laughs> I've got it. I think, the, I think the unfortunate own goal scorer in this instance also famously played in the Champions League final that same year. Yeah, Billy, Billy has got it. He's done very well here. I might have it as well, if I can pip Billy. Oh yeah, go on, Kai. Let's see if you can steal it from Billy. I might have just made this up as well, or just had a, like a vision. But was it Jimmy Traore? Yeah, it was. But you know, I'll go <laughs> to Billy now. Do you know who Liverpool were playing in the game? Is it? it I, oh, it's. I think it's Burnley. Very good. You've together. You've done very well. It was yeah. A, what happens? It's a weird one, right? Yeah, like Richard Chaplow, that winger, crosses it in, like sort of scuffs it, and then Traore basically like back heels or sort of like Cruyff turns it into. Mm. It's really weird. It's worth watching. Um, and then they they went on to lose one nil. So it was quite um quite unfortunate, really. But then he won the Champions League, as Billy said. He started and they won it. So it all worked out well for Jimmy. Um, in the end, <laughs> to Jimmy. Yeah. I remember sort of that sort of being the moment that Ricky Chaplow's star started to rise. 
<laughs> I think the highest he got was maybe he, play, I want to say he played for West Brom at some point in the Premier League or was like in their squads, didn't really start for them so much. But Yeah, it could have even been very shortly after that game potentially. But yeah, um, yeah Richard Chaplow made the assist for one of the weirdest own goals you'll, you'll probably ever see in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've spoken quite a lot about the magic of the Cup, TM. Um, and one of the reasons that it has so much magic is that it's one of the oldest cup competitions in the world and seems to lend itself to these moments and shocks um, that live in the memory for one reason or another. Uh, much like in our year review episode, we've got some awards. Um, now, we've all had a day also to think of our picks for the various categories, um, but we're going to be talking about uh, FA Cup moments that stick out to us for one reason or another. Uh, so the first category is most memorable non-footballing FA Cup moment. Um, now, this sounds like quite a wide category, so I'm looking forward to hearing the answers here. Um, I'll start with mine, which is aptly, given the round have just had a moment of commentary or co-commentary um, from the 2002 FA Cup final, when I think it's the, a kind of celebrity fan zone thing they were doing on Sky. And you had Bradley Walsh, who you probably now know as the presenter of The Chase, and Tim Lovejoy, um, who was then Soccer AM presenter. And big Chelsea fan, it was an Arsenal-Chelsea final. Uh, and the co-commentary goes from Lovejoy as Ray Parler picks the ball up about 25 yards out. Oh, it's only Ray Parler. And he proceeds to stick the ball into the top corner um, to make it 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, and Tim Lovejoy seems to have kind of built a career on self-satisfied smugness being brought down a peg or two by Ray Parler just uh, made it in for me. Um, if you go around the screen, Kai, uh, what's your most memorable non-footballing FA Cup moment? I had a hard time thinking of um, too many, but there's one that definitely sticks out and it's not from too long ago. It's Wayne Shaw, the, the pie man. Um, <laughs> The otherwise affectionately known as, I was looking on his Wikipedia, apparently he was also known as the roly-poly goalie. Um, <laughs> and apparently he was 23 stone. But anyway, moving on from, from, from that, uh, basically, yeah, we all know what happened. Wayne Shaw, infamously, when he was playing for Sutton United, I think on the bench in their run to, I think they made it to the fifth, the fifth round of the FA Cup, was, was seen eating a pie, which... Um, obviously is unprofessional for a professional athlete, but then also I think we've spoken on the podcast before had like wider match fixing, not match fixing, but betting uh, scandal implications. And I think it even rolled over to like further weeks where it was like people putting money on like, is he going to do it again? And uh, he might even have gotten sacked from Sutton as a result, but um, that would be my moment. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that was, was it 2017? And he became a very big celebrity for a very short amount of time. Is um, that a joke about him being large, Yoni? <laughs> no, but I mean, if people, if people like that, then fine. But it wasn't intended. Um, all right, Joe, what's your non-football FA Cup moment? <laughs> so um, my one is, I guess, I guess it's a more general one. There are a few specific examples, but it's just really that, um, that moment when there's, there's a shock in the FA Cup and... Um, tends to be at the the ground of the the smaller team and there's just a big pitch invasion I just love um I love yeah when I don't know it, it can even be like when a team draws nil nil and they get a replay or it could it could be occasionally I think when Wigan beat Man City a few years ago they had one um when Will Griggs scored um and also there was a good one I think last season when Sh um, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury however you want to say it um 
drew two all with Liverpool. I think there was a good one at, mm. at um, Gay Meadows, I think their stadium's called. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just great to see, isn't it? I've, I've never sadly actually been a part of one, but I'd, I'd love to get on the pitch one day at one of these pitch invasions. Well, I mean, here's a question for you and the rest of the panel. Sort of how big a divide between the two clubs involved do you think there needs to be for a pitch invasion to be warranted? Well, I, I, I just think it's the upset. Oh, you mean, I, I thought you meant literally in terms of animosity between the teams. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you mean, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question. Probably, you I, know, I, it's a, probably two divisions yeah. or, or like to, towards two divisions in, in that amount of places, not necessarily two divisions, but like... I, I'd say around that though, because just, just basing it off the two examples I gave, that was League One teams doing it. Obviously... Yeah, and you go to League Two conference, it's fair game. Just get on the pitch when they score, for God's sake. Just... <laughs> no, I was going to say that in recent years, because people are so keen to get on that pitch and t- take a video and take a picture and be on TV, that pitch invasions have become common even if the lower team gets a draw and just gets a replay at the other team. And, I th- and for me, that's just unacceptable. You can't be doing that for a draw. <laughs> So it has to be a victory. Like they have to win the game. You're saying? Oh, for sure, for sure. What's your most memorable non-footballing FA Cup moment, then, Bill? I've gone for one. So I suppose it's a bit per- it's a bit personal. Um, it's actually uh, a whole away day I had with friend of the pod John. So three years ago, we did a double header down in Southampton. So my cousin, well, I say he's my cousin, but he's married to my cousin, but they've been together for ages. He used to play for South Shields, the fam- the non-league team that had Julio Arca, the former Sunderland Middlesbrough player in their team. So they were very good at that level. And they had a run in the FA Vars, which is kind of like the FA Cup, but for uh, non-league teams below a certain level. And they had a game in the semi-final of the FA Vars, maybe the quarter-final in Southampton. Um, but on that same day, Arsenal were playing in the FA Cup. I think it might have been the third, maybe the fourth round against Southampton. And they were on the 5.30 kickoff slot. So John and I took the train down to Southampton, had a load of beers on the train. Uh, we went to go and watch South Shields against Southampton Solon, who were actually the university team, but they're a very good university football team. South Shields hammered them about five or six one. Julio Arca scored from the halfway line. Um, there was a little mini pitch invasion, but it was really just a few drunk idiots getting a bit excited. Um, and then we quickly got from one side of Southampton to the other to in a taxi, to, and we made it to the Arsenal game just in time. Um, and then we had a couple more beers in the concourse quickly. And then we got to our seats. And about one or two rows in front was Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. <laughs> um, so, so if you look at the footage from that game that they took in the stadium, there's a few times where I'm just like staring straight into the camera. <laughs> um, so then Arsenal won that. Arsenal's reserve team won that game 5-0, I think. And it was so easy. You asked for non-footballing moment. My moment really is the whole day because it was a lovely day out. And I wonder if anyone has ever been to two football matches on the same day at such different levels, shall we say. (laughs) 
That's a good question. I definitely don't have any sort of comparable experience with that. Well, I mean, I've um, like played Sunday League and then gone watch Arsenal <laughs> like the same sure. day. <laughs> but um, and and I and that's like Sunday League for like twelve year olds at the time. No, I think, but I think that was was it. Theo Walcott scored maybe a hat trick back at Southampton or something like that. Um, yeah, just going from seeing Julio Oaku probably played against Walcott in the Premier League at one point, but then both playing in different games that day. Um, sounds like a great away day to me. Um, if we move on to our next category, which is favourite upset slash shock, we've already spoken a bit about what an upset can do, but what are your favourite actual results? Um, the thing that came to mind for me was I think in the 2015 FA Cup, this might have been a fourth round tie between Chelsea and Bradford. Um, and this was Jose Mourinho's return at Chelsea, his second season. They were going strong. They were winning the Premier League. And I think they were 2-0 or 2-1 up against Bradford at halftime. Um, Bradford at the time were in League One, I think, maybe even League Two. I think League One, probably. Um, but led by John Said uh, from... Uh, you know, Premier League fans might remember him from being a kind of promising, well, Billy wouldn't know, uh, striker at Sunderland in <laughs> the pre-Derby all-time worst uh, season for a Premier League team. Um, and he smashed one in to make it 2-1. And then Bradford just ran out 4-2 winners. And some might argue that this was the moment things changed for Jose Mourinho. Because even though Chelsea won the league that year, they weren't quite the same team. And arguably, Mourinho's never been the same manager since that uh, humbling defeat, which also featured a goal from um, Marais, who I think used to play for Chelsea in Mourinho's first spell. Uh, but that's my upset. Kai, how about you? Uh, I, it's been mentioned uh, tangentially already. Um, I can't remember why. Uh, it was from the commentary. Joe did it for the pick that one out. Uh, Beckford at Old Trafford. Um, the animosity between those two clubs. Um, obviously, we saw them play for the first time in a long time in the Premier League the other day, and United thrashed Leeds at Old Trafford. But this was uh, the opposite. Yeah, Leeds 1-0 Beckford. And as Joe mentioned, the the song that kind of goes along with that. So that, that was a nice memory. That was. Joe, how about you? Same as you, Yoni. Um Chelsea 2, Bradford 4, although I don't want to tempt fate and, you know, Spurs are playing Marine on the weekend. I don't want there to be another Jose Mourinho um, shock on the cards. But yeah, great to see Chelsea lose at home to Bradford and they were 2-0 up, so it just made it even funnier, really. Yeah, yeah. It happened at a time where Chelsea, even more than now, didn't really lose at home, um, especially to lower league uh, teams. Billy, what's yours? Well... I know that Sunderland aren't in the third round this year, um, but I've still got to give Sunderland a mention this week. Um, so my favourite upset or shock has to be when Sunderland won the FA Cup in 1973. Uh, <laughs> long before any of us were born, but it's definitely my favourite upset because Sunderland were in the second division at the time. Leeds were flying high in the first division as it was then. They won the FA Cup the year before. Sunderland were struggling in division two at the time um you know they were really up against it they won one nil a goal from ian porterfield to bring the cup back to the north to the northeast um <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely moment and if you if, i'm sure a lot of people aren't aware of this but jimmy montgomery the sunderland goalkeeper 
in that game. You go on YouTube, Jimmy Montgomery, he makes the best double save in history, in my opinion. It is an amazing double save. And to this day, people in Southern still talk about that team. And it's also nice personally because my mum remembers it as her parents saved up especially to be able to buy their first ever colour TV for that final. And it's the only time a, an orange ball has ever been used in the FA Cup final. Oh. I think I do know the double save. I feel like I've seen a, a double save from that era, which could well be Montgomery. Um, but it's a very touching personal story for someone who wasn't alive to see it. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, your, your favourite FA Cup goal might come from that, um, but that's the next category, favourite FA Cup goal. Uh, my one, and I'm lucky that I have several finals to choose from, and finals which all feature very good goals. I mentioned the Ray Parlo one earlier, uh, but I'm going to go with the Santi Cazorla free kick against Hull City in the 2014 FA Cup final, um, which was the cup that ended Arsenal's trophy drought of nine years. Um, and Arsenal were 2-0 down at the time. It looked like, oh God, this is happening again. Um, but Cazorla in that moment just said no. Uh, and it was a great strike right into the top corner and changed the course of the game. Um, and without Arsenal winning that FA Cup, I don't think they go on to win um, three of the next four or five, whatever it is. Um, so that's mine. Kai, how about you? I was, you know, considering that one as well for a lot of the same reasons, as well as the Ray Parlor one as well, for more nostalgic reasons, as I think that might have been the first FA Cup final that we won that I, that I watched when I was younger. And um it's, I stuck with Arsenal, though, but this is from an earlier round at Anfield in a game that Arsenal won 3-1, and there were a few good goals. Thomas Rosicki scored a couple of them, but Thierry Henry later in the game just had Jamie Carragher um, on the left-hand side. It's just like a real display of just power, pace, and direct Thierry Henry football, but... Um, you love seeing Jamie Carragher get made a fool of. So that's that's one that sticks out for me. Yeah, and I think Carragher's on record of saying Henri was his least favourite opponent and that's captured in that moment and that other goal Henri scored against Liverpool where Carragher also is made to look a little silly. Um, Joe, what's your favourite FA Cup goal? Mine's bittersweet because it's a game that we didn't actually win, but it's um, Deli Alley's goal against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final in 2017 where... Um, we talk about the magic of the cup, but Christian Eriksen's cross to Deli Ali for this goal was just like magic. It's the, one of the best crosses I've ever seen. And yeah, just, I was, I was at that game and when it went in, the crowd went, we, we all went absolutely nuts and we thought we were going to win and sadly we didn't. But it was a great moment and a great goal from a player who's sadly um, not quite at it these days, but hopefully Deli can um, redeem himself on Sunday against Marie. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it was a goal, like you said, that kind of, showcase the best of both of those players Ericsson with the ball and Ali with the running behind if I were a Chelsea fan then the Matic goal in that game might also feature um, oh, this that round a that was a tough moment or, uh, yeah. had a horrible horribly good view of that goal <laughs> absolute rocket um Bill how about you I think mine would have to be something a little cliche um my most memorable goal is pro and one of my favorites is probably Steven Gerrard against West Ham in that FA Cup final and one of the reasons that it sticks in my mind is that I was actually playing football at Power League that day um, so we went out to go and play and Liverpool were I think two goals down and then we came back in into the bar area 
and I remember I couldn't believe that Liverpool had pulled it back and everyone in the bar was just kind of stood there open-mouthed watching that half volley over and over again on repeat and I was just thinking did that really just happen but it was quite something just to be in a room with all those people who are clearly massive football fans because they've actually chosen to play rather than watch football that day and none of none of us could believe what we'd seen so that one sticks in my mind as being an amazing moment yeah that was a that was a, a wonderful final probably one of the best in in recent times anyway um, and Paul Koncheski also scored what he might claim was a, um, uh, a non-accidental cross uh, over Rayner um, and Dean Ashton as well I just remember having like an, an amazing first half in that game um, but from goals we move on to players uh, and this category is the player that's left the biggest stamp on the competition um, and there are many many players you could choose from in this um, I have slightly reluctantly uh, gone for Didier Drogba, at least in the sort of era that I've been watching football. I think he scored in three different finals, um, possibly the four different finals, Kai's hand says, um, possibly the winning goal in three of them then. Um, and you, people talked about him being a big game player and that was never more apparent than in the FA Cup when he would turn up um, almost regardless of his personal form or the season he'd had, some in which he hadn't scored many goals at all. Um, he was decisive. Um, and that was at Arsenal's cost in the semi-final one of those years as well. So I particularly remember that. Um, Kai, who's your player? Um, yeah, Drogba. Uh, the reason I knew it was for is because I was looking it up because he was my pick. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you, Joe? Also, Didier? Well... If I was being sensible him, but I've gone for my sort of equivalent answer to Bodo Glimt. So I've got <laughs> in recent years, I think this guy's left his mark on the competition, and that is Newport County's Pareg Amund, the striker for Newport County, who in the last few years, Newport have done very well in the FA Cup. And he's actually managed to score in games against Spurs, Man City, and even got a winning goal against Leicester, um, all in the last three, four years. And I think they've even got a big game on this Sunday as well so I'm sure Pareg will um will be in the goals again so yeah I thought he he deserved a mention yeah that's a great shout definitely the equivalent of Bodo Glimt um but it's good to rely to know that we can rely on you for, for the hipsters answer um Bill you also gone for Newport County striker that is an absolutely cracking shout. And before this, I was doing some research and I always think about Newport County doing well in the FA Cup and that absolutely horrendous pitch they have that they share with the rugby club as well, which I'm sure gives them some advantage when a, a Premier League team rock up there. Um, but yeah, just like you and Kai, I've gone for uh, I've gone for Didier Drogba. He's just all I think about when I think about the FA Cup from around that time, you know, those five or six years. I've so many memories of him scoring goals at Wembley in those massive nets where they, the net just seems to go so far back. And I just, I have no, I couldn't find out if this was true, but for some reason I seem to remember him scoring a lot in extra time as well and breaking people's hearts there. And he really was a big game player for the big moment. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, very unpopular among rival fans, um, but you kind of had to respect, respect the hustle. Um, okay, so, so our final category are 
single FA Cup moments that you would change? Now, these have to be sort of single moments within games or decisions or lineups uh, or something along those lines rather than um, a result that you would have liked to go another way. Um, my personal one is, again, Arsenal-centric, and it's in the FA Cup semi-final of 1999 with the scores at 1-0. Arsenal gets a penalty and Peter Schmeichel saves from Dennis Bergkamp. Um, then Ryan Giggs's hairy-chested run happens and United go on to reach the final. Um, if Bergkamp scores, maybe Arsenal win, go through, and maybe that stops United's treble happening. Maybe it even stops United's double happening because Arsenal only finished one point behind United in the league that year. Um, and maybe if the momentum had been slightly swung the other way, um, no one would really care about uh, the United team of 1999. Um, so that's mine. How about you, Kai? I'm for a bit of a hipster one. I was tempted to have justice be done to Stefan Onsho for the handball uh, against Thierry Henry in the, in the final. But that's, that was too mainstream. So I've gone for um, a moment that was disappointing for me because I'd gotten behind this minnow during their uh, run to the semi-finals in which they met Cardiff who made it to the final that year. So that would have been Barnsley. And um, they'd previously knocked out Chelsea and Liverpool along the way. Uh, Brian Howard with, I think, a goal against Liverpool and Coyote Odajai with a goal against Chelsea. But it would be Odajai who would miss this kind of like one-on-one sitter in the semi-final. And it was one of those moments where you just felt like you thought it was going to go in and you thought they were going to go to the final and then it didn't. And you were like, Oh, it's not, it's probably not going to happen. Um, so yeah, you'd feel like if that had gone in Barnsley, who knows, maybe would have beaten Portsmouth even in that FA cup final once upon a time. That's my moment. Yeah, that was an incredible run. Um, and I remember enjoying, especially those wins you said against Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, yeah. One at Anfield and one, um, one at home for Barnsley. How about you, you Joe, what's your moment that you would change? Well, mine's related to Portsmouth and it's um, the Kevin Prince-Botang penalty in the 2010 final. It was nil-nil, he got a penalty and of course he missed. Um, and then Drogba would go on to do his thing and score a free kick, I think. But yeah, maybe if the Prince had scored, Chelsea would have lost to Portsmouth, which would have been funny. But of course, they just remember beating Tottenham in the semi. So, very sad. Yeah, yeah and a Portsmouth side that I think was relegated that season and was also managed by... Avram Grant, who I'm sure would have loved to have beaten Chelsea in that yeah. final, um, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, sadly, wasn't to be. Um, Bill, what's your moment? Sorry to be boring and predictable again, but I have gone for a Sunderland moment, and it was in 2014 when Sunderland got to the quarterfinal of the FA Cup against Hull, and Gus Poyet was the manager, and he did the awful thing that many Premier League managers do and he chose to play a weaker team and rest players for an upcoming league match and it really kind of marked a turning point in his relationship with a lot of the fans because for a club like Sutherland to be in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup it was a massive thing and especially against a team like Hull we had a real good chance of beating them with our best team and he chose to play a weaker team that got beat 3-0. Um, meaning that, yeah, the chance of reaching an FA Cup semi-final was was dead. Um, so I would go for that as being a moment I'd like to change. And I would go back and make Gus Poyet 
choose a full, uh, full strength side so that we could see if we could have got to the semi final that year. Were Sunderland in a relegation battle that season? Is that why? If there was, yeah, a... yeah. So there was one of our many um, great escapes. So it was actually like two weeks after we lost to Man City in the League Cup final, um, and then for some reason they chose a weaker team, which was disappointing, shall we say? I think uh, Gus Poyet would have more respect for the Josie Altador Derby, <laughs> <laughs> or the Alan Hutton Derby, <laughs> or the Al Mahamadi Derby, Al Mahamadi Derby. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was a bit distracted i've just been brought another beer after my last beer ran out so i was distracted looking at the beer the third round of the fa cup kicks off this weekend it's probably my favorite weekend of the whole footballing season as it's when the premier the premier league and most championship sides enter the competition and there's always a chance that they could be drawn against a lower league side which means an upset could be on the cards i'm always a little bit upset when the two lower league sides get drawn against each other or when two Premier League sides face one another. I love a lower league team going up against the big boys. The game that's got everyone talking this weekend, though, is Marine against Spurs. And it's made even more special by the fact that it's at Marine's ground. That's what the FA Cup is all about. I'm never a fan of when the big team in the cup draw is at home. But I want to ask you guys, with no fans in the stadiums across the country this weekend, will this round of the FA Cup be as special as previous years? It's, um, it's well, obviously, as, as a Spurs fan, I feel sorry for the Marine fans that they don't get, to, they're not going to be there for, well, a once in a lifetime game. I mean, there's always these kind of nice ties that emerge, but I think this is like the lowest ranked team, even potentially more so than having a Waterlooville when they played Liverpool. I think they're they're from like a lower league. So yeah, it's, it's so unfortunate that in the year they draw Spurs, it's the year um, of COVID or the second year of COVID, I suppose. But um, know, it's still going to be an amazing game for um, the players and they've, they've sold all these virtual tickets and... Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, being sort of brutally honest, it it, it does sour it a little bit. But, um, yeah, what, what do other people think? I think, yeah, there's no getting away from it where it does doesn't ruin it, but it just it, it does just change the dynamics of it somewhat. For me personally, like, having not been in the position to be excited about playing a Premier League team because I support a Premier League team, uh, the only way I can, like, um, have any perspective on it is someone who's gone to like Wembley to see FA Cup games and I'm assuming yeah likewise that's not necessarily going to be an option or in anywhere near the capacity that you would traditionally see it at Wembley and so that's a special day going to Wembley in the cup I've only in the FA Cup gone for the semi-final I've never been to a final but even that was like a pretty cool experience and to know that in theory that's not really going to happen anytime soon um, this year in particular I guess um it's a shame because, like I said, I'm sure it's special when the big team comes to your little ground if you're in a lower league or if you get to have a big away day. I can't speak for it personally, but nonetheless, there's at all levels of football, there's something special about the FA Cup eventually. So, yeah, it's it's sad. It's um, arguably in that sense even more sad than fans not being able to go into the regular um, league games. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, of course, something is lost there. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, if, if the unlikely does happen, Marine get uh, e even a, like a creditable result, you know, um, it will still be huge for the club and for their fans to be able to witness that, regardless of whether they're in the stadium or not. Of course, they'd love to be. And of course, uh, you lose the kind of physical sense of community. But um, if they do get a result, then it will be oh, isn't it a shame we can't celebrate this in person? But I don't think it will kind of dampen what a monumental achievement that will feel like um, and give them, you know, a, a lot of good feelings at a time where, you know, people aren't necessarily feeling great about things in general. Um, but if, if the unlikely does happen in that game, uh, and, or, or, well, one of the outcomes could be that it's a draw. Traditionally, that would go to a replay given the congested fixture schedule and everything now, um, there are no replays or go to extra time. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Um, if you think replays are an inconvenience and if this is the way forward. Um, and if so, as Billy said, should lower league teams always be drawn at home to uh, teams in divisions above them in the FA Cup? I, I would I would say that it's only ever the biggest clubs that complain about replays taking place. You'll never catch one of the smaller teams complaining about replays because they are such a, a money spinner for those involved. And I do think that as you get, I think there are no, from a few years ago, there were no more, they scrapped replays after the fifth round, I believe, which I think was the right thing because by that stage, you're either doing well you tend to be either doing well in the Premier League or you're doing well in the Championship where there's a lot going on so I think that was the right decision well, if you think back to about 30 years ago they also used to replay the final and how insane does that sound now I, I, I think it's the right thing to scrap it in the latter stages but not for, not from the third and fourth round for me I think there's a lot of value involved for the lower clubs and I think if it did happen it would be really disappointing and disrespectful towards the clubs in, from the lower leagues that do well in the competition. And that's a good point, Billy, because I would have said kind of without thinking too much, like scrap it. The season's already as congested as, you know, enough as it is, especially with the coronavirus this time around. Um, but from the perspective of the um, smaller clubs, yeah, the money that they can get from a replay is, um, is important. Although the flip side of that, which Yanni also tagged on was like the, should it just be defaulted to a home game for the smaller clubs? And I think it should. Um, and that would kind of kill two birds with one stone in that you wouldn't have to earn a replay to get the game at your ground, um, potentially. And also you just think about how many more games they've had to play to get to the um, to this round to play a Premier League team. They've kind of earned the right to play at home. And even more so in this day and age where we're looking at you know, the inequality of um, money in football and how, you know, probably 1% of the top clubs get all this money and the rest of them don't really see much of it, relatively speaking. You know, that's the least the FA could do. The very least the I FA could do. I, th I think it's a bit, it does get a bit tricky when you, when you ask questions like, should the lower league team be drawn at home? Because the, lo the lower league team being at home, it does give them an advantage and a better chance of going further in the competition. But then, if, say, Marine were playing Spurs at the Spurs ground and fans were allowed in, that is going to generate far, you know, a lot more money than it would 
if it was just at Marines Ground where they could sell about a thousand or two thousand tickets. So it's quite difficult whether you think that they should be at home because it gives them a better chance in the game, or if you think that it should just be luck of the draw because if you get an away draw, then you could make loads of money. So it all comes down to other things like that. It's quite a good debate, this to be fair. Yeah, Billy, making some good points. You should sit on like a panel for um for the FA, perhaps. Um <laughs> anyway, um moving on from uh the marine game on sunday i guess moving backwards rather starting on friday is the first game of this round of the fa cup and so i was mentioning uh the josie altador derby um before uh but friday's game which actually at this point is in potential jeopardy of even going ahead because of the coronavirus is is aston villa against liverpool obviously villa dumped liverpool earlier in the season i'm going to refer to this affectionately as the ali sissoko derby um so we're going to kind of um put our wits together and see if we can predict how the some games from this weekend are going to turn out. Um, I would assume if this game does go ahead that we might see a bit of a response from Liverpool uh, to some of their patchier form in the Premier League. So I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. Um, what about you guys? Jump in. Yeah, I'm also, um, I'm, I think Liverpool are going to get their revenge on Villa and especially if Villa have a few COVID problems, I think 3-1 to Liverpool for me. Yeah, I, I also think Liverpool win. I think as well as bouncing back from their recent league form, they'll want to um, do better at Villa Park, where obviously they lost 7-2 seven, seven earlier this year. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to say 2-1 to Liverpool. All right. What about I, you? Can, I can just see this being one of those terrible games where it's two Premier League teams against one another. Both teams play a reserve team and probably someone that you've forgotten about scores the winning goal. So probably 1-0, someone like Jerdan Shakiri or Divock Origi gets the winner. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid prediction, Bill. Um, but moving on from Friday to Saturday, um, and Yanni mentioned bouncing back in terms of Liverpool. Um, well, uh, Norwich play, and obviously uh, bouncing back is quite synonymous with, uh, with Alan Partridge, who himself is, is synonymous with Norwich. But Norwich play Coventry, and um, that is synonymous with James Madison, that pairing of clubs. So this is the James Madison derby. Uh, I think Coventry are the away side, so it's going to be a Norwich victory, in my opinion. Norwich going quite strong in the championship. Um, does anyone speak now or forever hold your peace? Is, 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 are Coventry going to win? <laughs> Or can, we, or can we move on from this one? I, it... Yeah, Norwich win. Norwich win. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Norwich win. Emmy oh. Buendia's on fire. Whose name translates as good day, which is very fitting. So I think a lot of Norwich fans will have a Buendia this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. Moving on to Sunday, uh, besides Spurs versus Marine, there is Exeter City versus Sheffield Wednesday. And this is the Kevin Nicholson Derby, who was a guest of ours before. And he started his youth career with Sheffield Wednesday. And full circle, he's now currently uh, head of coaching, youth coaching at Exeter. Um, this one is a bit closer to call. Wednesday struggling in the championship. Exeter decent in League Two and always make a, a run usually for the playoffs. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if this one ends up being a, a home win, as Sheffield Wednesday might have um, bigger fish to fry in the, the league. Yanni, who's going to win it? Uh, I also think a home win, possibly after extra time. Um, but yeah, Sheffield Wednesday not doing so well. They're a bit in, in a bit of disarray after sacking Tony Pulis. So um, Exeter could take advantage of that. Joe, as a former Exeter 
man. Yeah, I still love I still love the Grecians, um, and I think Sheffield Wednesday will probably play a weakened team. So yeah, I'm hoping Exeter can sneak maybe a one 0 win if they if they're lucky. Billy. Yeah, I agree. I think this has got cup set written all over it. Exeter's a long way from Sheffield. Sheff- Sheffield Wednesday have been struggling, and that St. J- the second St James's Park is a tough place to go. <laughs> all right. Well. Seems like we're, we're all fairly unanimous on these so far, but otherwise uh, this last one on Monday, there's a game between Stockport and West Ham. Of course, this is the Hatters versus the Hammers. Um, this one could go either way as well. You never know with West Ham, but I'll be kind to David Moyes and his guys and say that West Ham are going to come away uh, moving into the fourth round. What about you, Yoni? What do you think? Uh, I think there's an upset here as well. I've gone Stockport. Um, I th- West Ham away at a lower league club in the early rounds of an FA Cup, it doesn't fill me with confidence. And, you know, I, d- I just struggle to see how they cope without Sebastian Haller now. So Yeah, he's left. Yeah, well, he's leaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's somewhere in Amsterdam at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Stockport win for me. All right. All right. Joe, Stockport or, or West Ham? Stockport are doing well in the National League, but I am... Um... I think West Ham are gonna are gonna win quite comfortably. And Billy? Yeah, I think I think I'd like to see an upset. It's the kind of kind of event I could see an upset happening at if fans were allowed in. So I think Stockport have got a reasonably large ground for a club of their stature. So I could see that place rocking with their fans if it would fall. But I think West Ham will probably do enough to get by. All right, we'll see how these weekend's games uh, unfold and if any of them end up actually being uh, postponed from what we're, what we're hearing potentially about that Liverpool game in particular. Um, but moving on, before we, before we finish, we've got what time for one more game. And it's, it's probably my favourite one to, to prepare when I get to host it. Um, and it's going to be FA Cup themed this time. So um, as it is, yeah, at the end of this episode, it's only fitting that we end things with a penalty shootout. And so I've got a few questions and a few sort of like fill in the blanks there. It'll be obvious which is which all FA cup related. If you know the answer guys, uh, shout it out. And then whichever one of you gets it first, the points are yours and we'll see who has the most at the end. So this is the, the first, I guess, kick the first pun, the first question of the penalty shootout. Uh, so playing for a club by the sea at the time, this FA Cup final hero ironically shares his name with a type of paddle boat. Blanco Carney. Yeah, canoe. canoe oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well done, Yanni. Points. Points for Yanni. So, second one. Much like charades, charades, however you want to pronounce it, I say charades, um, the 2002 FA Cup final was very much a blank game. Ah, see, this one's a thinker. A parlor game? Yeah, well in, Joe. Um, ah, see, yeah, that was <laughs> that was like the, the you got it and you rolled your eyes, and that was like the sound <laughs> of it all in one, Yanni. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, it is indeed. It was a parlor game. So yeah. points for Yanni and Joe so far. Um, three, the following year, Arsenal won the FA Cup final again. One of the players involved in the game's name is the same name as a TV channel that you might expect to be able to watch the FA Cup on these days. James Beattie. Yeah, BT Sports. 
<laughs> oh, that, that that's cracking! That that is great. Thank you. Um, so Joe's up. Joe's two one up. This is so number four. This centre back would have needed the fast acting relief of this medicine that rhymes with his name after the heartbreak of the two thousand and six FA Cup final. Oh, um, and Gav, no, Gavis gone. Oh no! Wait, Ferdinand. No, but you no. you're both onto something. You're both Gavidon, Gavidon, yeah, Danny Gavidon. Well, in yeah, it's Danny Gavidon and Gavijo was yeah, Gaviscon exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So moving on to the the fifth one. If you were a this one's <laughs> anyway. Um, if you were a servant addressing a noble couple, and this two thousand and nine FA Cup final winner in a Victorian fashion, you might say. My lord, my lady, blank. Maluda. Yeah. <laughs> like, <on>. What? <laughs> what? What? Why? No, got it. Because it's it sounds it's a it's a pun. <laughs> I don't know how oh, to explain it. <laughs> okay, but like Maluda wasn't a thing. Like that wasn't a thing people said, is it? No, but or... Maluda won the FA Cup in that year. Okay, and... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll discount that one, seeing as Joe's so far ahead. It might not matter. But anyway, this is the last one. This would have been sudden death if it's necessary, but to my knowledge, Joe has, has run away with it. Um, so here we go. Anyway, I'm going I'm to tell it anyway. Uh, in, in the year we were all born, 1994, um, United beat Chelsea 4-0 in the FA Cup final. If you repeat this cup winner's day name from that day over and over, it sounds like you're laying down a funky beat. Hughes, 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 Hughes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the fashion that I'm hoping for, but it's not. It's not Hughes. But if you name enough United players, you'll get it. Ince, 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 yeah, Joe's ince. got it. Joe's got it. Ince, 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 ince. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, I think that's what, Joe, did you get, did you get five? Because I did six and you got all of them and you only got one. I got two. Yeah, I must have got two. Okay, so 4-2. Four, four, All right. Um, well done. <laughs> exactly, yeah, like the, the Bradford Chelsea. Um, that Yeah, that, that was the penalty shootout. Billy, well, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was just enjoying it too yeah. much. I, was, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't playing. I was just loving it. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, it's a, it's a fun one to prepare. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and congratulations, Joe. Come on. Well, anyway... Um, that does bring us to the end of our special FA Cup themed episode. As always, a huge thank you to my co-host Kaitel, and obviously a big thank you to our good friends Yoni and Billy too. If you have enjoyed listening to us, it would be much appreciated if you could follow us on our social media channels. We're at United Mates FP and we're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook too. And we're even on YouTube as well. You can watch us as well as listen to us. And if you want to watch us on YouTube, just type in United Mates Football Podcast and then subscribe on our channel. That is all for now. Thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>